0: Oh, yes, it sure is. And we are coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. We're broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who's not complaining about how hard he has it. Check it out. NBC reporting that Joe Biden is whining about the bad hand he's been dealt and says his staff isn't doing enough to help him. This is the biggest schmuck I've ever met. Dude, what more do you want them to do? They walk back every statement you make. They translate your words into English. They put most of them in the teleprompter. The bottom line is this is a guy with the worst political instincts ever tell him like it is and his decision to complain about the crises he's facing many of which are self-inflicted is so emblematic of why this guy is in the position he is in with basically 99.9 percent of the public watching joe biden on tv every day and saying to
1: themselves this man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup
0: it's bad uh 888 if you want a part of the show, a show with one rule, you know, the band America, they had like the horse with no name. I've been through the desert on a horse with no name. That whole thing. Well, we well, Fox across America. It's a horse with one rule. OK, you can be a Republican. You can be a Democrat. Just don't be a that is all. Happy, uh, happy Wednesday, everybody. It's a big peppy Wednesday for your radio, buddy. I just got off the television with the fine folks over at America's Newsroom. If you missed it, it is on the Fox Across America Facebook page. We have cut the video. We have posted the video. Who loves you, baby? Uh, tomorrow I will be on the Faulkner Focus with the great Harris Faulkner. And then tomorrow night at 8 p.m., I will be on a program. I've never heard of it. Uh, it's apparently it's just kind of finding its sea legs here in the cable news industry. But it's called Tucker Carlson Tonight. And uh, I'm going to give it a shot, and uh, I've heard good things about this Tucker fellow, so hopefully I can kind of put him on the map because uh, that would be great.
2: You are so dumb. You are really dumb,
0: for real. We're just being silly. It's a high honor to be back on the show. And, of course, when that show is over, I am heading up to Fat Cats. I will be in Utica doing my show live from WIBX this Friday. And then Friday night and Saturday night, I will be at the Fat Cats Comedy Club. I do believe there's like two tickets left for the 5 p.m. show on Saturday. If you go to Fat Cats, K-A-T-Z, ComedyClub.com, you'll get those tickets. This is the last time I'm promoting it. So if you want to get in, get going. Uh, Joe Biden will not be at Fat Cats. Uh, I have been told he is off to Delaware to do some more whining. Man, oh boy, oh man. Biden sucks. He really does. But I want to jump in on this NBC report because it's fascinating because you haven't seen a lot of scrutiny when it comes to this president. Okay. yet people are starting to demonstrate a little bit of intellectual curiosity now, mainly because the media wants to distance themselves from the monster it created. Don't forget, these are the people that shilled for Biden on the campaign trail when he wasn't on the campaign trail. Okay, this guy ran for president in 2020 without running like most people, you know, campaigned harder to be president of the school PTA, to be president of their fantasy football league. Then Joe Biden, you know, campaigned to be the president of the United States. That's true. That is true. I didn't leave his house. That was like the running joke that it was like if you saw Biden in the summer of 2020, it was like people didn't believe you. It was like you said you saw Elvis at a Piggly Wiggly at a Winn-Dixie supermarket. I saw him. He was pushing a cart. He was buying peanut butter and banana Say I saw him, but you didn't see him nine times out of ten. People didn't believe it because Biden didn't really leave the house. But the media, who covered up the Hunter Biden laptop story, who never did their due diligence in terms of making the 2020 race a fair fight, they now realize this guy is so historically unpopular that they need to start distancing themselves a little bit from the monster they created. So NBC has this little expose they wrote about a White House. They call it a drift. They say the Biden White House is a drift. Okay. Come on, man. <laughs> no one's coming on, man. It's a mess. And it, fi- it puts Biden in a very precarious position because, you know, the old Mike Tyson adage, Mike Tyson would say, you know, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. That was the old Mike Tyson thing. People say, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to beat him with my jab or You know, we're going to stay on the outside. We're not going to fight him along the ropes. You know, Mike Tyson would say, yeah, everybody tells you they have this plan until they get in the ring and get popped in the mouth. Well, the problem for Democratic presidents (laughs) is they don't actually ever expect to get popped in the mouth because the media is usually there shielding them from all the blows. So Joe Biden has clearly now been popped in the mouth and that he's taking on some fire from the media. And it's very clear that he doesn't have a plan on how to push back against any of this stuff other than to yell MAGA or MEGA MAGA, you know, MAGA extreme." They've turned into Gatorade flavors, MAGA Arctic Blast, MAGA Ice. I can't believe it's not MAGA. He's in a very desperate spot right now because there clearly isn't a plan. But when you read this NBC expose, it becomes abundantly clear that what I'm saying is true because he's now saying, and this is fascinating, okay, that he just can't believe how hard it's been, you know, how many bad hands he's been dealt. He wishes his staff could be out doing more to help him. He wants more Democrats on TV selling all of his ideas, you know, all of his successes. Can you imagine going on TV to sell Biden's successes? It's about a three-second TV hit. (laughs) Jimmy Fall is here to list all the good things Joe Biden's done. All right, Jimmy, thanks for coming. That was great. I mean, there's nothing to say. OK, let me give you a direct part. The president has told aides he doesn't think enough Democrats go on television to defend him. A particular source spot is his slumping poll numbers. He's mystified that his approval rating has dropped to a level approaching that of his predecessor, Donald Trump, ranked by historians as one of the worst presidents in history. Isn't that fascinating that historians would rank Trump as one of the worst presidents in history, given the conditions in this country under Trump? We had it so good under Trump that we were fighting about pretend stuff. Oh, he's a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. Wrong. That one flew out the window. Oh, he hates Muslims. He wants to ban Muslims. Wrong. Donald Trump actually brokered the Abraham peace accords that brought cooperation between five Arabic nations and Israel. It was historic. It's never happened before. He actually brought peace to that region of the world. Okay, but we were fighting over the pretend stuff because we had it so good on the real stuff, there was nothing to fight about. We had the lowest recorded unemployment rate in the history of our country. We had cut illegal border crossings by 80 percent. The economy was exploding in the right direction. NATO allies were starting to pay their fair share. And we got out of that ridiculous Paris climate change agreement that, oh, by the way, was non-binding, meaning the biggest polluters in the world were just going to keep on polluting. But we were going to decimate our own economy in an effort to honor those non-binding commitments we had made. Never mind that we got out of the disastrous Iranian nuclear deal, which was giving $50 billion in cash assets to the biggest state sponsor of terrorism in the world. That's stupid. Use your common sense. I can tell you every day. I don't run the Donald Trump radio defense fund. I think he was a terrible communicator most days. I really do. You ought to be ashamed of yourself. But the truth is, even if you see now he's coming after me. But even if you don't like his communication style, you, you cannot dispute that he was fundamentally better for the country than Joe Biden by a country mile. And dare I say, Barack Obama.
3: I don't see you doing any
0: better in the booty department. He was substantively a very good president. But even here, as NBC is starting to admit that the wheels are coming off the Biden thing. They have to appease their consumer by reminding them that historians say Trump was the worst president. Are you kidding me? Did we have a 40-year high in inflation under Trump? The answer would be no. No. Did we have a record level of fentanyl overdose deaths? The answer would be no. Did gas prices go up to an all-time high 30 times in 40 days? The answer would be no. No. Our border isn't overrun. I mean, really think about this. And oh, by the way, if you want to hit Trump on his handling of the pandemic— Twice as many people have died under Joe Biden as they did under Donald Trump. So this idea that they've got to work that in there does speak to the media's priority which is selling that confirmation bias to liberals. That don't get me wrong, we're still better than Trump. Biden's not doing good. The White House is a mess. This is us trying to distance ourselves between us and the monster we created. But just remember, don't turn on us because Trump is still bad, okay? That's what they're doing in this moment. They're trying to have it both ways. The media is a bunch of losers. But when it comes to Joe Biden, his problem is not his staff not doing enough. His problem is not, you know, not enough surrogates on TV selling his successes. Joe Biden's biggest problem as a president is Joe Biden. Bingo. Okay, understand, this is a guy who pledged to unite the country. Unity beats in my soul. What a fraud. I mean, really think about that. And then the minute he got into office, he trashed half the country over voting rights. Oh, if you support Georgia I- voter ID laws, this is Jim Crow on steroids. So you're saying half the country is worse than Jim Crow. Oh, that's going to bring us together. They moved the Major League All-Star game out of Georgia over a voter ID law, which, oh, by the way, Georgia's voter ID law that went into effect, their early voting is up 220%. Oh! So, again, Biden said this is Jim Crow. It's voter suppression. It's Jim Crow on steroids. Yo, he said that with no regard for the toxic effect it would have on society and took $100 million in commerce out of the state of Georgia and took that Major League Baseball game over to Democrat-run Denver, a A metropolitan area, by the way, whose black population is 9%. Compared to the 51% who reside in Atlanta, Joe Biden gaslit the country on racism, moved the Major League All-Star game. And oh, by the way, Georgia, with 17 days of early voting, has 17 more days of early voting than Joe Biden's home state of Delaware. That's
4: just how white folks will do
0: you. And that's how he did us. So he gaslit us on racism. He told us it was a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Oh, we got to be mad at these people. He said Florida and Texas were guilty of Neanderthal thinking. By remaining open, by defying mandates and mask mandates. Oh, by the way, the case numbers in Florida and Texas, way better in all the states that lock down.
3: Correct the
0: mundo. But those are his bad political instincts. A guy who says he's going to unite the country and has spent every second of his time dividing it, even telling us we're systemically racist. Okay, he killed 10,000 jobs. He sacrificed the Keystone Energy Pipeline at the altar of environmental virtue signaling and lit the economy on fire. Why? Because he declared war on the fossil fuel industry, which is the reason the gas prices are now higher than his son Hunter. Dude, it's a mess. Okay, he opened up the border, reversed Trump's border policies just because. Okay. well, Trump ran on border security. We said it was racist just for political gain, even though we've all voted for border wall funding in the past because we took this position. We can't go back on it. So we're just going to let the border get trampled and people can die and we can have fentanyl poisonings and it'll just be great. And that's why we are where we are. Okay. blue, the Afghan troop withdrawal, if you remember, Joe Biden took the troops out. Ahead of the civilians. What an idiot. Think about that. The guys with the guns go home. The guys with the smartphones get to stay. That was Joe Biden's plan. Okay. And then, of course, he caused inflation with this runaway reckless spending. And even now with gas surging to a record high. It's not doing anything. Okay, yes, if you want to solve the problem, you boost production in this country. But he'd rather use the crisis to build up an appetite for electric cars. He'd rather placate the environmentalist and push his agenda, which is why he's in the position he's in. Okay, I say this every day. I do not like getting on the air and saying an American president does a bad job. Lincoln, my son lives here, Jenny lives here. We don't come from any type of intellectual prosperity. We're not dealt into any type of genetic fabulousness where we don't have to try in life and we're just going to be fine. We bust our asses in my house. And as the country goes, we go. As the country goes, you go. So I don't like that the guy I didn't vote for is doing bad. In a perfect world, the country is so much more important to me than my party. I'd love to be able to look Democrats in the face and be like, oh, you got me. Who knew? You know, just the way they should have looked you in the face during Trump's presidency and said, wow, we said he was literally Hitler. Who knew? Things are going good. We said he was a racist. He gave historically black colleges their highest recurring funding endowment ever. Oh, by the way, we said he was a racist. He invested $75 billion in opportunity zones for low-income black communities. We said he was a racist, but his his tax cuts gave black families the biggest single increase in household net worth in the country. We said he was a racist, but he freed over 250,000 nonviolent black drug offenders who were freed under the overzealous sentencing guidelines of the 94 Biden crime bill. Do You have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. Think about that, but nobody owned it. Nobody was like, you got Me. Okay, I'd love to say to you, as a Biden supporter, ah, you got me. I didn't think he had anything left in the tank. You got me. Okay, well, it turns out, sad as it is to say, everybody who voted for Trump got you, okay, because you might have won the election, but America lost in the process. And when Joe Biden says he's been dealt a bad hand, the truth is Joe Biden was dealt an incredible hand. We had a country that was poised to come roaring back from a pandemic, an economy that had been artificially shut down. Okay, by the lockdowns that decimated small businesses that caused immeasurable harm to the mental health of not only kids and adults and everybody in between. And this was all because the government got in the way under Biden at every turn.
5: Government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. So
0: the problem with Joe Biden sitting here in this moment and whining about the bad hand he's been dealt is that Joe Biden is the dealer.
2: And I'm out here in the real world, and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all, man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon from the fox news podcasts network stay on top of the latest news and information from fox news listen and download the fox news hourly update on your time the trending stories you need anytime you want it listen and download now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com
0: It is Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon, having a grown-up conversation about the president, uh, Joe Biden, who is, let's be honest, a bit of a hot mess right now.
1: We have a president that is clearly not all there.
0: Understand, he is polling behind Donald Trump. And up until now, you know, understand where we are, presidency to presidency. Trump spent the first two and a half years of his presidency with the entirety of the media pretending he was a Russian asset controlled by Vladimir Putin. Joe Biden really has spent two years with the entirety of the media pretending he was sane and
5: coherent. Make sure the television, the, excuse me, make sure you have the record player on at night, the, the, the phone.
0: And, you know, we were told. This guy getting elected, was, it was the adults back in the room. Do you remember that embarrassing media montage I played all the time? This is how the media reacted to Biden's first speech as president.
1: Anybody who has any um, connection to reality about what is going on around them should have watched that and said, the adults are back in the room.
6: It, it
0: seems as though we have a, uh, a professional adult once again in the White House Who's
4: just simply doing the work? Really, the the theme I would say is the adults are back.
1: Still, it is a relief to have adults in charge.
0: Now we have adults in the
3: White House. Okay, the adults are back in the room. Um,
1: there is a sense,
3: I think, the world over, that the adults have returned. We have an adult in the White House now, and it's glorious. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we have an adult, and it's glorious. Dude, the country in our lifetime, your lifetime, my lifetime, country's never been worse. You know, people say, Joe, wow, he's Jimmy Carter. Dude, Joe Biden makes Jimmy Carter look like Gary Carter, the Hall of Fame catcher, won a World Series with the New York Mets, makes him look like Kid Carter. Took Jimmy Carter four years to do this to the country, and he still hadn't quite done this. Okay, inflation right now is at a 40-year high. Gas is at an all-time high. So as bad as it was under Carter, it wasn't this bad. Okay, this is insanity, what's going on in our country right now. Because the air quote adults are back in the room and they have no idea what they're doing. When you're right, you're right. and You're right. Because you understand in D.C. speak, adults mean status quo politicians who say nice things and don't do anything because their only real concern is getting elected again. So if there is a problem, they blame it on the other guy or they tell you it's not a problem till they admit it is a problem and then they say the problem's going away, but it doesn't go away and that's why the whole country's basically saying
6: Let's go, Brandon!
3: then and now ordering baby formula then
7: excuse me could I get by I'm just trying to get two cases of baby formula to throw in my cart of course let me help you with that How oh, old's the baby
6: she's two months Oh, that's so sweet
7: here you go thank you have a nice day
3: ordering baby formula now
7: Excuse me, could I get by? I'm just trying to get two cases of baby formula. Over my dead body? Those are my cases. Hey, I saw them first. How old is that baby? Two months? Give it a bottle of milk. I've got your bottle right here. Ah! Have a nice day.
0: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And yes, if you want to buy baby formula in the year 2022, you've got to have a halfway decent jab because they're battling for it in the stores right now. But no fear. President Biden has just announced a third Operation Formula flight that will bring us baby formula from other parts of the world.
3: We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to.
0: Here it is. Today, President Biden is announcing that his administration has arranged the third Operation Fly Formula flight for the first shipment Of Kendamil infant formula entering the United States, United Airlines has agreed to transport Kendamil formula free of charge from Heathrow Airport in London to multiple airports across the country over a three-week period. These are the first operation formula flights to be donated by an airline carrier. So you know they're trying to help out a little bit at United Airlines. Uh, You know, obviously want to feed the babies, but is it not mind-blowing? You know, we don't have any like perspective anymore in this country because there's so much going on in the age of digital news. The news cycle and so omnipotent in our lives that we just move from story to story to story. You know, uh, the border is porous, so we've got a record level of fentanyl overdose deaths. Obviously, last week and, uh, you know, a good percentage of this week, we're all discussing gun stuff after that horrific shooting down in Evalde, Texas. And rightfully so, we want to do right by the kids in this country. But when it comes to, you know, feeding babies, you'd never think in a million years that America, the richest and most prosperous country in the world, is importing baby formula. And do you understand it's because of mismanagement at the top of this administration? I agree with that. Okay, they were alerted by a whistleblower back in September that there was going to be a problem in February. Then when they got the heads up in February, they pretty much did nothing. And what did Biden tell us last week? Well, I would have to have been a mind reader to know that I needed to act earlier. That is a fact check false. Okay, we played you tons of clips of members of his own administration saying, ah, you know, we're working on it. Do you remember Karin Jean Pierre, who took over for Jen Saki? She's your new White House press secretary because Saki left to get that MSNBC money. Saki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. Whatever. Stay on message. Corinne Jean Pierre was asked who's in charge of the baby formula crisis and was like, I don't have a name yet. Oh, really? So if we've been working on it since February, but you don't have a name in the last week of May, I'm going to go out on a limb and say you didn't actually work on this at all.
1: It's nothing more than white noise coming from the White House. So they were
0: definitely caught flat-footed. They were behind the eight ball. But thankfully, now they are taking measures to try to deal with something that's just unimaginable in this country. you got to understand, man, the overall quality of life in this country— has been compromised on such a profound level. None of us grew up in America that couldn't feed babies. None of us grew up in an America where grocery stores might be empty or if they were full, the cost was twice of what it was a year ago. None of us grew up in an America where you had to turn tricks behind the gas station to afford a gallon of gas. And by the way, very few of us grew up in an America where the crime rates were where they are now. I mean, in theory, you know, if you want to talk about New York City in the late 60s and 70s, this is the most violent, horrific place in the world. We thankfully, by the grace of God and the heroes who put on the uniform in the NYPD, we don't have those crime numbers now. But we're trending in that direction. The numbers have gone up, up, up every year. I mean, same goes for a place like Chicago. What do both of these cities have in common? They're run by Democrats. Okay, but here's the thing. The compromise to the quality of life in this country is stressing people out enough. You can't afford goods. You don't feel safe on the days you do have money to go to the store. You know, the gas situation is a problem. But now comes word out of the Biden White House, and I say this all the time, he has the worst political instincts ever. Okay, there's a report out this morning that says the Biden DOJ is going to appeal the federal mask mandate. Which means if they win the case, you're all going to have to put your masks on when you get back on a plane.
6: It's people with a dirty mind that think like that.
0: No, understand this, okay, how wildly unpopular this is. The airline CEOs themselves, okay, 50 of them sent a letter to the White House saying, hey, man, would you stop it with the mask mandate? The filtration systems on planes, the HEPA filters, circulate so much air that you're not getting COVID on a plane. You don't need to wear a mask on a plane. Number one, we have no data that says the masks work. But number two, people getting sick on planes is our liability. The reason they have those HEPA filters is because if they didn't, they couldn't run an airline. And turn a profit because they'd be getting sued left and right every time there was an outbreak of some type of a germ on a plane. Okay, this goes all the way back to Legionnaire's disease. Okay, airlines on the commercial level have had advanced filtration systems for the better part of about 40 years. Because again, if they didn't circulate the air as aggressively as they do, one guy gets on the plane with the flu or something else and the whole plane gets sick. But because, yes, we sit in close quarters, but we do have the advanced circulation that we do, you never hear about big outbreaks on commercial jets. Thank God. Okay, that's a good thing. So despite the fact that these mask mandates are historically unpopular, despite the fact that they don't actually work, despite the fact that the airlines themselves are saying get rid of them, the Biden administration is pushing for more mask mandates.
6: Why do you do things like that? You're like a
0: crazy person. Like, seriously, I don't know if he just likes watching fistfights in coach class. You know, we used to do this once a month till they repealed the mask mandate. We would read you the FAA stats. The last time I read you the stats, okay, it was a month ago. It was through the month of April. There had been 744 mask-related fistfights on commercial jets this year, specifically related to the mask. Somebody wants you to put on a mask. Somebody doesn't want to put on a mask. Next thing you know, Hulkamania is running wild all over the plane.
2: I'll break you in half like a little toothpick.
0: And that's what goes on. You've seen it all over the news. You've seen all the fight videos, all the shoving and the shouting and the screaming and the scratching. It's crazy. But the Biden administration, the CDC, they turned commercial airlines into a Waffle House at 2.30 in the morning. You go in, you're always going to watch a fist fight. And believe me, I'm not besmirching the good name of Waffle House. If anyone's listening affiliated with Waffle House, I love you. Send syrup. Waffle House is everything I have in this world. I love Waffle House. I'm not taking shots at you. I love it so much. Fox had to pay somebody to stop me from eating your food between hits on TV.
2: Put that cookie down
6: now.
0: There he is again. But the point is, okay, there have been... Times where people at Waffle House have gotten a little rowdy in the middle of the night because they're hammered. It's no fault of Waffle House. Well, it's no fault of the airlines that people get on the planes and they're irritable. Okay, why are we in the position we're in? If you remember, when they first reopened the airlines and started allowing us to fly again, They weren't serving alcohol on the planes. So people who were flying cross-country were treating it like a college football game where you were going into a stadium where you couldn't drink beer in the stadium so everybody drank twice as much before they entered the stadium. That's what happened on commercial jets. Instead of people getting progressively drunker as the flight went on, people were showing up at maximum strength hammered the second they got on the plane. This wasn't you're halfway to California and this guy's starting to slur his speech. This was nobody's even put on their Seat belts yet. And this guy's yelling at the seat tray in front of him.
2: This could be a problem.
0: And it turned into a big problem. 744 mask related fistfights. Masks are more dangerous on planes than COVID is. Can anybody point to me of one single solitary outbreak of COVID on a commercial airline? You can't. You don't have it. You know the old adage, when you have the facts, pound the facts. When you have nothing, pound the table. The Biden administration has been pounding the table on masks this whole time. Put up or shut up. They can't. So they keep pounding the table and the people getting on these planes keep pounding each other.
6: This whole plane is packed, down in the last row They're screaming right beside the door Some guy won't wear a mask so we can't fly Says they're wrong for making him put it on The whole plane's waiting to get airborne Somebody swings and pops him in the eye So kid can- spit at me ram my face into your knee hold me in a headlock don't let go I'm bleeding on a jet plane don't know when we all went insane oh babe can't feel my nose Oh, babe. they ripped my clothes
2: this is fox across america with jimmy Fallon.
0: it is fox across america with your main man jimmy Fallon. busy day on the show today tommy Lahren's going to be here Texas Representative Kevin Brady in the house as well. And cable news super hunk Sean Duffy will be stopping by as well, part of the Duffy's uh, Kitchen Table podcast. He is, of course, a superstar Fox News contributor and a darn good friend to this program. Uh, He will be here in the third hour to discuss a report out of the New York Times about how migrant families don't want to raise their kids in this country anymore. That's the claim. Hey, man. If America's so bad, why is there, like, no line to get out? You know the old Jane's Addiction song, No One's Leaving? No one's leaving. Everybody's like, God, oh, no, America sucks. It's so bad here. If Nobody's going anywhere. It's weird, right? It's the same thing with Florida. They're like, ah, oh, Florida's the worst. It's just an oppressive hellhole. Yet more people are moving to Florida than any other state in the country. I think he's got a point. Yeah, the point is that people on the left... They're crazy. They really are, because they're just out of touch with the rest of us. Doesn't mean they're bad people. I don't want you to hate them. I'm not here selling bile. I don't want the president to suck. I don't want the Democratic Party to be the embarrassment it's become. It's bad for us. We benefit more as a country if we have two robust parties that are engaging on ideas instead of saying, do it my way or you're a white supremacist. That's not how constructive political discourse takes place. And sadly, okay, the only place in the country in the aftermath of this Avalde shooting where there was constructive dialogue was actually on this show. It's the only place. Okay, we took three days of phone calls nonstop. Okay, hundreds of phone calls were taken, and you guys had a lot of brilliant ideas, and you really made me look good as a host because everybody listening was like, wow, this this Fela guy's got a pretty decent crowd here. I think people assumed when we went to the phone it was just going to be a bunch of squirrel breaths boozed up on moonshine, but that's just my production booth. It's not my audience. It's just the people uh, that actually produced the show. But we were talking about the shooting, uh, and we're still talking about the shooting because, of course, we all want to do something. Whatever that something happens to be, if it's more, you know, resources allocated towards mental health, if there is some type of tactful way to enhance background checks without depriving law-abiding citizens of their two way rights, okay, I gotta be honest with you. It's a non starter. If you think people on the right wanna give up certain weapons, and the reason being is because you could say nobody should own that weapon. It's crazy. Look at the things you could do. I agree with you in the sense that these weapons in the wrong hands are a real problem. But do you understand they don't exist to shoot deer? They exist in case a tyrannical government starts to trample your freedoms and behave in an authoritarian manner. Okay, we just went through a year of a government making an armed population shut down their small businesses, stop going to church, deny their kids an in-person education, okay, take a vaccine whether they wanted to or not. That's in an armed country. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what they would do to us if we didn't have any weapons?
2: This could be a problem.
0: And I'm not saying we're about to revolt. I'm just and and nor should we. I'm just saying the reality is we're a heavily armed country. We have more guns than people. So the issue is that we've had these guns for a really long time. Okay, the AR-15 is not a new gun. Okay, it's been around over 50 years, and it doesn't stand for assault rifle like everybody on the left trying to have this gun debate with no idea what they're talking about. When Joe Biden was rambling on about nine millimeters the other day, no idea what he was talking about. But the truth is they don't really care about the substance of the issue. They care about using the issue to pistol whip you into compliance so they can gain politically. But I keep coming back to this one resounding theme in this hour. It's that Biden has the worst political instincts I've ever seen. He wants to bring back a mask mandate at a time when nobody in the country supports it, at a time when science doesn't support it, nor do the airline carriers support it. Okay, but we piggyback off of that bad idea with another one out of Karine Jean-Pierre, who is your White House press secretary, yesterday. okay, after all of the calls we took last week about the need to harden schools, And enhance security at schools, whether we're talking about bulletproof windows, whether we're talking about single entrance doors, whether we're talking about more armed guards on the school grounds. Karine Jean-Pierre flat out says Biden doesn't. He doesn't actually agree with the idea that we should be fortifying schools. This is a true story. It's her statement. Here it is. Clip 10.
1: I don't know what he said specifically about, about schools. I know there's been uh, conversation about hardening schools. That is not something that he believes in. He believes that we should be able to, to give uh, teachers the resources to be able to do the job uh, that they're meant to do at schools. Um, and this is something that uh, he's been focusing on uh, since he was a vice, vice president. What would you do with a brain if you had one?
0: I mean, really think about that. He doesn't support hardening schools. In what world, after what we've seen, could you not support hardening schools? Understand, you can pass all the gun laws in the world. There are going to be instances where criminals wind up getting guns because, here's a news flash: criminals don't respect the law. It was illegal to shoot up that school. It was illegal to, prov- to possess a rifle on school grounds. It was illegal to shoot at the people outside the funeral home when the maniac crashed his car in a ditch. Okay, everything about what he did was ultimately illegal. He was not deterred by the law, nor was he deterred by the specter of death or imprisonment. And he went and did what he did anyway. So on those awful days where some lunatic gets his hands on a weapon, it doesn't have to be an assault rifle. Do you understand? There's no good gun to get shot with. That's what's so idiotic about this. They oh, we get rid of those. This will just go away. No, it won't, you idiots, because we still have psychos and we still have guns. So we need to be hardening schools. And yes, we need to be focusing on the individuals doing this. The problem with pouring money into mental health is you can't run on that. You can't run on Republicans are bad. They want to pour money into mental health. You can't run on Republicans are bad. They want to secure the schools. But if you make it all about the guns and take the responsibility away from the individual, you get to run on something, but you don't actually get to solve the problem. And that's the frustration. You know, Joe Biden is a traditional status quo politician. The people will never be as important as the politics. Who was calling for hardening the schools all last week? Republicans. So Biden doesn't want to harden schools because that's like giving Republicans a win. This is no different than police reform. Oh, we need police reform. We need police reform. So Tim Scott gives you a police reform bill. The Democrats filibuster it so we don't get police reform before the election. Why? Because they'd rather run on these issues than solve them.
6: He's a lousy dad, but he's right.
2: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Here we go, here we go. Coming to you live from the
0: greatest country in the world. That is us, numero uno, ranked number one in the coaches poll, the computer poll, the BCS. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. And we've got an embarrassment of radio riches in this hour. Tommy Laren is going to be here. Fox News multimedia superstar commentator on the old Fox Nation on the television. She does those swanky radio commentaries. She's a wild time. Plus, Texas Representative Kevin Brady is going to be in the House as well to talk about an inflation crisis in this country that the Biden administration, they continue to pass the buck. I mean, in this instance, they continue to pass the $1. thirty-seven because inflation is through the roof, and I'm laughing because it's a coping mechanism. Folks, I have real empathy for people that are just getting smoked right now. If you're living on a fixed income, okay, the same amount of money is buying half the goods. When we go to the grocery store, Jenny and I are horrified, just horrified at the price of things at the grocery store. And then we get to the gas, the gas pump and just forget about it. <laughs> Yo, I paid five eighty-five a gallon to fill up my Bronco the other day.
6: What the hell did you just say?
0: True story. And I did. If you guys don't know that story, I did. I got a Ford Bronco. It's the only thing I've purchased since I got this swanky media gig is I got me a white Ford Bronco. By the way, my wife has never behaved better now that I started driving the white Bronco. She's like, I don't know. Is this guy going to pull an OJ? What's going on here? I kid, Jenny's a good egg, but I did. I got a white Bronco and it was a big deal for me because this is the first Ford I've driven that wasn't yellow and didn't have a bunch of passengers in the back shooting heroin or having some type of hot lovemaking session.
5: Oh yes, I've read about that in the Bible.
0: So the idea that I'm now driving a Ford alone and it's not yellow should be a big deal to me. But then I pull up to the gas pump and again, it's five eighty-five a gallon. That is madness. And Biden's like, no, I'm doing everything I can.
5: That's not what I heard, Joe.
0: That's not what I heard either, because doing everything I can would be boosting energy production in this country. We're not doing that because he's still trying to placate the environmentalists in his party who wanted no part of voting for this guy. Don't forget, they only got Democrats to rally around Joe Biden by promising that Bernie Sanders would be the president. That was the hook. Like, all right, we know you all hate Biden. You want to go way far left. Okay, because who has all of the pull in the Democratic Party? The squad, you know, the Ilan Omar's of the world, the Ayanna Presley's of the world, the AOCs of the world. AOC is a dope No question. And Biden placated AOC's vision by being the most radically progressive president we've ever seen, which is why he's in the position that he is. Right now, gas is four sixty seven a gallon nationwide. It went up 48 cents in the month of May. And I want you to think about this because we were told in June, in June, we were told in March, it was March the 31st, I've played you the clip a thousand times, Biden said with a straight face when he was cutting into the strategic oil reserves that the prices were going to go down. You're a liar. They were going to go down as much as 10, 20, 30 cents a gallon. We don't even know, but we're cutting into the strategic oil reserves, you see. And understand, those strategic oil reserves are not there because a president's poll numbers go south. They're there in the you know event of a war or some other debilitating act of God. If mother nature or birthing person nature—I'm sorry, it's 2022—if birthing person nature hits us with a hurricane or something crazy and we can't produce oil, we have a strategic oil reserve. Well, in this instance, we're just tapping into it because Biden's unpopular at the pump. But understand, it's doing nothing to lower prices. It's weakening our standing in the event of a war or a natural disaster. And it's weakening his standing because everybody was promised lower gas prices and they keep going up, up, up. Understand, gas is 50 cents higher now than it was when he released the oil. And, of course, at the White House, they're still giving you the old non-answer. The answer is no answer. That's what they keep doing. And I'm going to play you this clip because it's fascinating. But karine Jean-Pierre, she, of course, took over for Jen Psaki, okay? And she was asked yesterday by the great Peter Ducey, Some of the best hair in cable news. I mean, Ducey's just got some gorgeous locks. He's not Bill Malusian, but nobody is Bill Malusian. If you don't know Bill Malusian, he's our reporter at the border here at Fox News. And Bill Malusian, understand, his hair and Ducey's hair are comparable. But I give Malusian the edge because he's outdoor in the elements. He's in the river. He's talking to migrants. You know, he's at the border. Peter Ducey plays in a dome. You know, it's like a field goal kicker. Of course they're going to be more accurate in a dome. There's no wind blowing. There's no rain. There's no snow. Okay, Bill Malusian is playing on the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field, for all intents and purposes, tangling with the elements, and his hair still looks incredible. I mean, really, just an absolute hunk. Shut up! Will you shut up? Okay, I'll get to the point. Karine Jean-Pierre was asked by Peter Ducey. <laughs> They're gonna have to put me in the shock collar. So about that hair. Ow! Ow! Okay. So Corrine Jean Pierre was asked by Peter Ducey what what the White House tells Americans who don't have the money to pay for gas? And the answer is I feel your pain. Here it is, clip twenty-eight.
3: A gallon of gas costs more than people on the federal minimum wage are making in an hour. What does the White House want these people to do? Just stop driving to work?
1: Look, the president understands what it feels like. Um, Deese just spoke, spoke about this. Brian Deese was just here and talked about how he understands what it means for people who are sitting at their kitchen table and see gas prices go up. He understands that feeling personally, or seeing prices uh, of grocery store, of uh, grocery uh, groceries go up in the grocery store. This is something that he is uh, inherently aware of, and he is doing everything that he can as. Brian Deese was just here, Uh, um, his economic advisor, uh, one of his top economic advisors, laying out what he is planning to do or continue to do to make sure that we lower costs at the gas pump.
0: Not even close! Folks, they're not. They're not doing everything they can. They're telling us we've got to start transitioning to fossil fuels because that's the agenda. Okay, understand that. That's the agenda. They, your, you know, your pain is the point because you'll switch over to fossil fuels. If you're really trying to get this crisis under control, energy supply, it's the only factor that matters. Here is Governor Asa Hutchinson on CNN of all places. We don't get to play a lot of CNN clips over here. CNN is the worst. But to their credit, they have Asa Hutchinson on, and he's telling the truth. Here it is, clip 34.
3: The most important factor is energy supply. That's going to be a continued constraint. Uh, in terms of supply. But this is something we've got to accelerate production here in the United States. This is something we can make a difference on in the short term. I don't believe it takes quite that long to turn around our energy production and also uh, the confidence in our energy supply. And that's what's hurting Americans the most, is the high price of gasoline at the pump. And so that's the most specific thing to address.
0: I admire your honesty. And he's spot on because the price of the pump is not only kick, kicking your butt at the pump, but it's kicking your butt when you get to the grocery store because it's the driving force behind these increased prices. Okay, if it costs more money to ship, it's going to cost more money to buy. That's just reality. And that's, that's not me talking. Reese is out in Sheridan, Wyoming. Reese knows the deal. Yo, Reese! How you doing, Jimmy? Reese, I'm good. It's it's, it's Wednesday, and, you know, I'm kind of holding it together today. But I can always use a little backup, so thanks for chiming in.
5: Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. Ever since Rush passed, you Mm -hmm. have been... A great voice to hear oh, wow. since Rush passed pass yeah. on my local radio station. Wow. And I'll tell you what, like, we got these propane costs mm-hmm. in uh, all across the heartland that are like three times what they were two years ago. Wow. And we're just.
0: Oh, buddy, Reese, you're kind of breaking up. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me now? Listen, I'm just glad we can had a good si- Yeah, I'm just glad we had a good signal for the part where you complimented the show. I don't care about the other part. I kid.
5: I kid. Okay. No, I kid. Well, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's well, so you no, said it's the, twice uh, as high. No, it's like three times as high oh as my. it was two years ago. That's twice insane. as high as it was a year ago. Like a lot of us folks out here in uh rural America mm-hmm. we we fill our propane tanks, mm-hmm. you know at yep. the summer low price right because yep. in the winter time it goes up mm-hmm. and so you know a year two years ago it was you know 95 cents a gallon to fill up my propane tanks to get me through the winter and now it's you know 295.
1: that's it's almost
5: three times the price it, it's it's ridiculous
1: it, it's ins- and, ins- insane you know
5: we talk about fuel costs and i i so feel for all those truck drivers across america they are feeling the burden more than any of us but
6: oh, they uh,
5: it's just a bad deal jimmy it's no- a bad deal Deal, I get it. I'm so glad that you took my call. Oh, no, of Seriously. course.
0: Come on, buddy. It's
5: an honor. Oh, Talk buddy, don't
0: you. don't you do that to me. Well, I want you to know that me and Jenny Fahler are in the same boat as you in that Jenny does the, every summer we do the same thing. We fill up our home heating oil in the summer, and normally, like you said, you get a good deal on prices, so you lay out for a full tank, and you know you're set for the winter, but it was the same thing. This summer, we're just waiting, because we want to believe it can't possibly be higher in the winter, but the way things are going it might be and and i'm like you reese i do feel for the truckers most of the truckers i know don't even have enough money left over now to shell out for lot lizards have we even thought about that in the debate not good not good but listen reese you and everybody listening on kroe out in sheridan wyoming uh we're gonna get together i've been telling tommy b he's got to have me out there and we got to do an event so if you run into him around town tell him let's go send jimmy some plane tickets and we can get together okay brother we would love to have you. Oh, Reese, sure. what a guy, man! Well, listen, I- I'd love to be had, man. I-, I need to get out of New York because it's a dump right now. So, whatever you're up to, what kind of work do you do?
5: Uh, I'm in sales. Okay. I uh, I call on different stores and stuff, okay. and you know, Reese, that's I- about it. Well, understand. I'm a pretty good company in a car.
0: I mean, I was a cab driver for ten years, so I'd roll around with you in your car between sales calls.
5: Dude, before you, yeah. I listened to Rush for the past 15 years.
0: Oh, wow, that's incredible. You know,
5: 10 to 1. That's... 10 to 1 and yeah. you know, mountain time. So, uh, no. you know, you're on 10 to 1 mountain time for us, so. Yeah, no. I listen to you.
0: Dude, that's amazing. I did that is amazing, and I just I want you to know the reason you enjoy the show is because I'm just like you, man. I was listening to Rush. It was 12 to 3 by me, but I'm just like you, man, just a regular guy trying to make it work, and, I, and I'm, I'm thankful that regular people like me are flocking to the show because it is. It's our thing, Reese. It is our show. I mean, I'm not going to share the money with you, but other than that, it's our show, okay? <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, I hear you. Bro. I'll see you out in Sheridan, brother, and thank you for the call. There he goes, the great Reese. There we go, back with Representative Kevin Brady after this.
2: It's the number one children's show in the country.
6: He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. (gasps) Oh, snap.
2: It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
0: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, fired up to talk to this next guest again. He is, of course, a superstar representative from the 8th Congressional District of Texas, Representative Kevin Brady, back on the show. Hey, man, how are you? Hey,
3: good morning. Hey, good afternoon, Jimmy. How are you doing? The whole
0: thing. Good morning, good afternoon, good night. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry good. about that. I am good. No, 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 no problem at all. But uh, as I was going to say, you are, uh, as we know, a big baseball fan. Do you wish, as a yeah. baseball fan, we could bring in a relief pitcher for Joe Biden right now?
3: Yeah, and you know, they, they, they've got no one in their bullpen, unfortunately, <laughs> oh, but, uh, no, that can, can save this game. Uh, look, I, I've oh. never seen. This president's so deep in the hole, you know, so early in his uh, presidency. It's just, uh, look, nothing he can do is going to change this, uh, this train wreck. The voters know it. I, I think everything he's doing is out of desperation, including his new plan for inflation, which basically is shrinking paychecks shrinking economy, shrinking workforce and by the way a um, uh, shrinking poll numbers that go with it wow
0: that's a good point so I was going to ask you this okay because the people defending biden they try to point out that oh well the whole world has inflation but ours is actually higher than everybody else's is it not
3: yeah it really has been you know europe's catching up a bit now but ours ours has been so high so fast it was because all that stimulus spending that two trillion dollars from from March of 21, right after the president rushed that through, that drove inflation up in a big way. And as you know, also paid a lot of people more to stay home and come back to work. We still haven't got them back which is one of the reasons our inflation is still so high for so long.
0: Well, I think it's one of the biggest issues because, you know, I have a lot of friends that run small businesses. And uh, and the government is the biggest obstacle they face. It's not COVID. It's the government. You know, they could run their businesses. They could have hired had the government not put the bureaucratic boot on their neck.
3: Absolutely. And and it is still there. They are just – I met with a bunch of our local restaurant uh, folks. And these guys are just like, you know, genetic – entrepreneurs, you know, they just love the competition and the hard work and they just they are struggling and have been and there's just no end to sight. And one thing the president has refused to do is is put any priority on getting people back to work. Look we're about two million people short of where we were under President Trump. There's no effort from the White House to actually reconnect them to work. And and as you know, if you don't have people to, to man the production lines or assemble the products, deliver them or even service them, you're gonna drive prices up. And that's exactly what we're seeing at the local level So you're seeing it all across the country.
0: Well, I think one of the biggest frustrations, and we're talking to Representative Kevin Brady from the great state of Texas. I think the biggest frustration is there's a big effort being made by this White House to blame other people for the inflation. And they feel like if we made the effort to fight it that we did to blame it, we'd have a a fighting chance. But right now we've heard more about Putin's price hike and ultra MAGA and mega MAGA and I can't believe it's not MAGA than we have about actually, you know, solving the problem.
3: Yeah. And this is and, and here's why I think you remember during Obama, Biden, they spent the entire eight years blaming George Bush for everything, even as they were leaving office after two terms. You know, this president just is following that same game plan. The problem is everyone in America knows who dro- drove inflation up, who, who took their eye off covid. You know, who's been reluctant to lead anywhere in the world, including here at home. So I I just don't think anyone in America is buying this blame game. Do you?
0: No, right. Not not if you look at the poll numbers. I mean, they're not buying it, one, because they know what's caused it. Number two, they're not buying it because it just cost more than it did a year ago. It's expensive. We were joking earlier about Biden passing the buck, but he's actually passing the buck thirty seven, you know, because of inflation.
3: yeah, no doubt about it. And I think too his his like gas price Memorial Day. You know we 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 had a great day at a lot of our VFW posts and and our uh, our Memorial Day uh, events around our district. But God, a gas price even in Texas was just brutal. And everyone knows this president was bragging about his attack and war on American made energy. Uh, now he's blaming everyone for it, but look, people know it when they're filling up, and it's just again, it's just brutal.
0: I was paying; I'm not making this up. It was five eighty five a gallon uh, where I am on seriously? New York. Yes, I know. Uh, Everybody keeps calling in to like it's so bad. I paid four eighty seven. I'm like, dude, four eighty seven. I'd sign up for that in a second. But what happens in yeah. New York? This is what happens, Representative Brady. Is that if you live in a blue state, they can always charge you more because they know we're all desperate to get out of town.
3: <laughs> yeah, on is. the on the weekends, huh?
0: Yeah, oh, they'll charge you anything yeah. you want. You're like, just get me out of here. And that's the so racket. That
3: almost six, almost $6 a gallon.
0: Yep, we'll be there uh, probably in oh, another week. But, yeah, it's going to keep going up. And, like, you know and I know that you pay double because you not only get hit at the pump, but this is why goods cost more.
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, what that's exactly right. Oh. It drives all through it. And, and, yeah, and, again, this president will do anything other than allow – made in America energy to prosper and, you know, not just here at home, but, you know, we could be helping Europe and the rest of the world. Yeah, no question. themselves off Russian oil, Mm -hmm. you know, and and natural gas. But this president just has no interest.
0: Nope, none at all. But I will say this, Kevin Brady, we only had a short inning, but you struck out the side. So thanks for some time, man. (laughs) We'll do it again soon. It's Miller time. There he goes. Representative Kevin Brady. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We are fired up to talk to this next guest over the phone. Because the last time we spoke, she was in my studio. And I don't know that she'll ever come back again because I think she was a little weirded out. See if she'll fess up. Tommy Lahren is on the show. Yo, Tommy.
7: Oh, it's good to be on the phone with you, but I have to say, you know, I did, I liked the studio. It is definitely the weirdest place I have ever done a radio show from. <laughs> I think that's a major accolade,
6: and I can't wait to come back.
0: <laughs> I love how you threw that last part in about not waiting to come back. You you read it just the way I wrote it down on the card, so thank you. <laughs> I'll send,
7: I can take a cue. <laughs> <laughs> I'll,
0: I'll send you the 50 bucks later, Tommy. Uh, listen. You're down in Nashville. Most of the people you're surrounded by are hammered all day. But have they uh, caught up to the fact that we're at a spot right now in America where it is now cheaper to put beer in your car than it is to put gas in your car, which I don't advise. Nancy Pelosi's husband tried it over the weekend. Didn't work out well.
7: Hey, listen, here in Nashville, we don't do the Paul Pelosi route where we can't afford Ubers and we're just reckless and don't care. And you know what? There are plenty of these party buses going around. We have wagons. We have the back of big trucks. We have one that's got a hot tub in it. Plenty of transportation for drunk people. You don't need to worry about driving drunk. And, you know, by the way, I'm glad that you brought up gas prices. Apparently, it's still a Russia thing. I um, haven't heard a lot about Russia and Ukraine lately, but, you know, if there's ever an opportunity for, for Biden to blame anybody but himself and his failed leadership, you know, he's going to take that route.
0: That's a great point. And you know what? It's interesting because we were talking about this NBC story earlier in the day where they you know, they took us inside what they called a White House adrift and said Biden is frustrated because he's been dealt a bad hand and his surrogates aren't doing enough to help him. But in this instance, Joe Biden is actually the dealer. I feel like he's dealt himself the bad. Of hand because most of these crises are self inflicted, no?
7: Well listen, I think that there's two parts to that story. One, I'm sure he's frustrated because he's not calling the shots. So I I can understand
0: Oh, we lost you a second
7: there. People are setting me up. They're putting horrible things in this teleprompter. They're making me do this. They're locking me in the basement. And now I'm looking bad, you know, when he has those moments of clarity. So I think he probably is upset about it. But he should have known that going in. He's always been a puppet for the far left, for the radical agenda that was doomed to failure. He's always been their stand-in, their shadow president. And this is what he gets. But he has to take the blame, because at the end of the day, he's the president of the United States, whether we like it or not, and we're Whoever's controlling him or his prompter is irrelevant because he is the man in charge. So fix it, Joe.
0: I mean, it'd be nice if he would. Tommy Laren is on the line. She's, of course, a Fox News multimedia sensation joining us from down in Nashville. Uh, One of the things we've been talking about since we've spoken last, of course, is we've had a series of horrific shootings. And I wanted you to weigh in on this whole idea that we're spending so much time blaming the gun, blaming the manufacturer, blaming the politicians. Wouldn't it be nice if we actually assigned some blame to the shooter and focused on the people doing this?
7: We the uh wholeheartedly we need to blame the shooter because that's who carried out this this atrocious act. But I would also remind folks that On a weekend-by-weekend basis, Memorial Day being a great example, and all Memorial Day weekend, we have violence going on in our cities. We have lawlessness going on in our cities. So what frustrates me to no end, Jimmy, is when I hear these Democrats crying out about safety and about keeping children safe, keeping Americans safe. yet simultaneously they advocate for the policies that bring lawlessness to our streets and let thugs and thugs out onto our streets. I have a really hard time taking them seriously. I also think it's very interesting. You know, I actually spent a little time this past weekend at the NRA convention, and there was a lot of protesters with signs saying that we're killing children, we're killing babies. A week ago, didn't they just have signs that said, my body, my choice? I'm so confused. Narrative. Yeah, I think they don't know what it is. I think they're kind of like
0: Joe. Whoever writes it on the sign, who knows who that person is. Oh, no. The whole country is being telepromptered. Tommy Laren is on the line, and she says the, the prompter is, is is expanding. That's not good, Tommy, because I think it would really help us. It actually, like, it would help us if we could actually have discussions about, like, the truth. You know, it's an interesting thing. I was on America's Newsroom earlier. We were talking about the Leah Thomas story and how her teammates are now speaking out, not Openly because of fear of backlash. But when it comes to men competing in women's sports, we've never actually had an honest conversation about the physical differences between men and women. It's been give us what we want or you're a transphobe. But do you feel like now that people are finally starting to push back a little bit, there was this great divide between what people believed and what they were willing to say publicly. Do you feel like the tide's finally turning on the left a little bit and we are getting a little more factual?
7: Well, the left overplayed their hand because they made everything so woke that people couldn't stand it anymore. People want to go back to sleep. Mm -hmm. That's how woke things have gone. You can't even go to freaking Target anymore without being just lambasted with this stuff right in your face all the time. So I certainly believe they've overplayed their hand. You know, there's something to be said about a progressive ideas and evolving and you know more tolerance and you know what to some extent I'm all for that I think that we need to be more tolerant society I've always said let people do what they want want to wear what you want want to act however you want as long as it's not hurting anybody else go for it but now they've overplayed their hand to the point where you have to accept the abnormal as normal and normal is now always bigoted and intolerant and it's always wrong and it's always you know regressive and that's where people are starting to say, boy, you know, I was tolerant of the abnormal until they tried to tell me that was the normal, and I'm now abnormal, and now I have a problem. So, that's where we are.
0: So are you telling me that none of the men in your life are having a baby shower anytime soon?
7: I'm not I'm not even having a bridal shower. That's how untraditional I am. <laughs> but, <you> know, listen, <laughs> no, and I think that. When you see the average American, you know, listen, I'll tell you this. My dad works for Target Corporation. I'll go ahead and say that. In Rapid City, South Dakota, all right, they have all this woke crap up at the Target in Rapid City, South Dakota. How many people do you think in rural South Dakota are buying chest binders and underwear that have a place for prosthetic genitals? <laughs>
0: they put that stuff on the shelf for people to buy because they can't buy baby formula? I don't know. Just something. Maybe it is.
7: Maybe it's a smoke and mirrors. Maybe that is the alternative. Who knows? Just put a <laughs> bunch of rainbows on stuff and maybe people will not realize that everything else is out of stock.
0: Oh, it's such a mess. We're talking to Tommy Lahren. And, uh, you know, we're always having a State of the Union as we always do. I would be remiss if I didn't work this into the conversation. The president wants to bring back mask mandates on planes. Like, at that point, why not bring back a bill that would shrink the leg room and raise the baggage fees? Like, this is the most unpopular thing in the world. So, is it that they want to control? Does he just have bad political instincts? Like, what would you ascribe this to?
7: Well, first of all, I'm going to say this. Over my dead body, while I put a face diaper back on my face when I fly, it's not going to happen. And I think millions of Americans are with me on that. We are never going back. But I think what it really is, is even though it's unpopular, the Democrats are scrambling to bring COVID fear back. They have to have that, because if people are scared, people want to stay in their homes, and COVID is the number one thing on their mind, they won't worry about all the other issues that have been created by Biden and by Democrats. So I think that they are yearning to bring back the fear. I think they want to make sure we have mass mail-in voting for midterms and in 2024, and they have to keep those lingering things around. But I will say this. I'm walking around Nashville, Tennessee, even in the mall, and I'm glad to know that the people that are wearing masks they now look like the odd ones out, because people are over it. We've been over it for a long time here, but I think it's finally catching on. Amen.
0: That's a great point, and, and I want to say this about Nashville. Like, if COVID was as bad as they told us it was, your whole city would have been dead like two years ago. Because I've been to Nashville oh, a yeah. bunch. And it's uh, just a stampeding herd of hammered people having a good time. But I think there's something to be said for that. Like you're supposed to go on offense in life and live and be happy and, and not be cowering in fear at all times. And I don't think they get that. Or maybe, like you said, they get it, but they benefit from people being scared. Maybe that's the end result of, of, what, of this conversation. Maybe that's the teachable moment, Tommy. We are, you know, enlightening the masses here.
7: Yeah, people have to remain scared because then so many of those people who I call sheeple have to turn to the government for answers. And there's nothing that Democrats love more than when people turn to the government for all the answers. Two over two years ago the government hasn't given us any answers, but somehow They want us to still be reliant on them. No, I don't think so. I already burned all
0: my masks. So sorry, Biden. Not going to happen again. She burnt all her masks. Well, if it makes you feel any better, my producer burnt all his weed, too. So you're in good company there. There's a lot of fires around this show today. Uh, Tommy, you know I love talking to you. This is a great hang. Let's do it again soon. In studio.
7: I'm I'm looking forward to it. In fact, I'm going to just go ahead and throw a date out there because I know I'm going to be in town, mm-hmm. on June 17th. Oh. A little outnumbered on the couch. Oh, so I'm going to go ahead and make a reservation for your studio <laughs> right now. So now it's on the record.
0: Right? So this is a thing. Just so you know, we're going to do it in studio, June 17th, and I'm going to be in Vermont for that because we're doing an event with one of our our WVMT up in Vermont. So it'll be like the last time you were in studio. You'll be in studio alone, like me and you were a bunch of COVID crazies, and we won't sit with each other, but everyone listening needs to know it's not that. I'll be on the road. But Tommy, you better be here. And if the millennium Falcon's missing, I'm coming looking for you. And not only
7: am I gonna be there, I'm gonna bring my own trash keys and I'm gonna add them
0: to the mix and take you notice them. <laughs> Listen, this place I, I I can't even push back. This place needs all the help it can get. So thank you for classing it up. We'll talk sooner I right, pal you the best.
7: Thanks so much, Jimmy.
0: There she goes. The legend, Tommy Laren down in Nashville. Where well, I'm telling you, they don't care. When we were down there the first time for Gutfeld, I was in Nashville twice in the past year. I was down there to do stand-up on Gutfeld. Great. And then I was co-hosting the New Year's Eve special, which, by the way, holy hell, my life has gotten crazy. Like, I hear myself say some of these things like, yeah, I'm going to be on Talker tomorrow night. It blows my mind, man. It's really amazing. And... Uh, Wow. It's just like one of those where it just j- jumped me. It was like a, it shocked me like, oh, but anyway, I was down in Nashville twice. Now that I'm done name dropping about all of my TV appearances, I was down in Nashville twice and I was just so blown away by how, uh, you know, just how much offense they're playing. You know, they did made a calculated decision, as did a lot of states like Florida, you know, is a good example of that. Texas is a good example of that, you know, where just covid wasn't a thing. If you're if you're listening on, to the flag. Okay, if you listen to WZFG out in Dakota, they they didn't have COVID. They they, they didn't do it. They didn't shut down. They didn't cower in fear. They didn't say, no, you know, let the government call all the shots from here. Tell us when it's okay to come out of the house. They're like, no, this is America. We're just going to live our lives. We're going to do this old school 1776 thing called freedom. And that freedom, you know, in a lot of ways made life worth living. I'm not here to tell you COVID isn't serious or wasn't serious and that, you know, we shouldn't be protecting the people who are the most at risk. We're talking elderly people, you know, with comorbidities. We're talking folks on the Jimmy Fallon diet that won't stop eating. We know there's a lot of you out there.
5: You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat look at you.
0: Okay, we understand. We're the most at risk people against this COVID thing. And I'm not here to tell you it wasn't a a risk. But I am here to tell you that in this world, you're either living or dying, you know, living, going out, having fun, chasing down some happy or dying, carrying it in fear. You know, oh, man, Biden says it's bad. (laughs) Fauci says I shouldn't leave the house today. Fauci's just pulling stuff out of his butt. Is he ever. But there's so much to be said for going on offense, for positive energy. You know, positive energy attracts positive outcomes. It's like if you're in a casino you see a blackjack table everybody's cheering and high five and they're making money okay and they're making money they're having a good time and that's part of the reason why they're making money people are in a good mood they're operating from a place of positive emotion which means they're making smart decisions okay if you have a 16 and the dealer is showing a face card you're supposed to hit that 16 every single time but when you're at a negative energy table you're like ah i'm just going to bust I don't know. I guess I'll just stay. I'm not going to hit the 16. <clears throat> you lose money. Okay. Because understand when you're sitting at a blackjack table, just so everybody understands this, okay, you're not really betting the hand. You're betting the shoe. You're betting the whole deck of cards. You might lose the hand where you hit the 16 and you bust against the dealer's face card, but you keep the cards running correctly. So the guy next to you gets the card he needs. And the next time around, you get the card you need. you got to play the long game in life. That's the point. And the problem with the Biden administration is they're such a prisoner of the political moment. They're operating from such a place of negative energy that they're attracting negative outcomes. And rather than hitting that 16, they're going, oh, gosh, I might bust, so I shouldn't do that. So what do they do? They make the wrong decision. They think short-term They operate from a place of fear and negative emotion. And at the end of the day, the whole table loses money as a result.
6: You're absolutely
2: right. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian.
0: Oh, girl. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Some breaking news. The verdict in the Johnny Depp-Amber Heard trial is going to be read at 3 p.m. Eastern time. A trial that has lasted longer than the marriage itself and has contained all types of theatrics and madness and revelations about people going to the bathroom on other people's beds. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not proud. Uh, This is a low point, uh, a low point for this country. Uh, But there is going to be some type of a verdict at 3 p.m. right when we go off the air. So thankfully, there's something to look forward to. Normally we go off the air. And I understand a lot of you are despondent. You're like, what do I do? How do I find meeting in this world with no Jimmy Fallon in my life? You
2: are so dumb. You are really dumb.
0: For real. I'm just being silly. But the point is, 3 o'clock Eastern time today, you will get a verdict in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. If you ask most people, they would tell you that Johnny Depp is winning in the court of public opinion. Because Amber Heard has looked terrible. Her lawyers have done a horrific job, and people really haven't bought any of it. It doesn't help that Kate Moss testified on his behalf and basically said this looks like a little bit of a setup. Uh looks like, you know, she was trying to maybe piggyback off the tail end of the Me Too sentiment in this country and just have a situation where men weren't to be believed it wasn't fashionable at the time. So I'm just going to destroy this guy's career, give me a role in a couple of movies, and uh, we'll call it even. But it doesn't look like it's going to work out that way. Of course, we'll see. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not sitting in on this case. I am not in a position to issue a ruling one way or the other. Uh, But due process has run its course, and it's our understanding that Johnny Depp won't even be in the courtroom. When the verdict is read, which is a little bit odd. I don't know what's I don't know if you got another what the heck's going on there. I don't know the answers, folks. Is that what it is? He's still in London, Mikey. He's just hanging out. What is he at the Queen's Jubilee? He wants to he wants to hang out with Martha McCallum and Ainsley Earhart tomorrow because he knows all the Fox people are over there to cover the Queen. He's like, I gotta I'm hanging out in London. I can hang out with the Fox people. Piers Morgan's gonna be here. I mean, he's got a better chance of making it onto the balcony than Harry and Meghan do. I was told that they're not gonna be appearing with the Queen. She didn't want to be seen with those brats. Well, anyway, none of them rambling about royals, which, to be clear, Harry and Meghan aren't even real royals. They're like Kansas City royals. Guy's like 95th in line to the crown. The only way he wears the crown is if he has a birthday party at Burger King. Other than that, there's no you know King Harry coming your way. Would you stop it? You'd be lucky to make it to a Harry and the Henderson sequel, let alone the throne. But, you know. For one reason or another, they've been very good at manipulating the media and they've gotten a lot of favorable press coverage. You know, remember she did that woe is me interview with Oprah. There was one moment for Meghan Markle. It was so fascinating to me when they were filming that documentary and she was literally sitting in a village where people had been wounded by landmines. And she was telling the interviewer how people don't understand how hard her job has been as a duchess and no one ever thinks about her position. And I'm like, yo, Megan, you're in a village of people hit by landmines. They'd all love to walk a mile in your shoes if only they had feet. You know, you sound like an idiot right now.
6: Get out of here and take your mother with you.
2: Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
0: Oh, you bet it is. We're coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting as we do every day from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who doesn't wish he could raise his kids somewhere else. This is a weird one with all that's going on in the world right now. Got this raging debate over the gun situation. We've got historically high levels of inflation. Gas up 48% in the past month. Biden sucks. He really does. But we're going to have a talk about what doesn't suck in this moment. Uh, This moment of you and me time. We are, of course, the opening act for Sean Duffy. He is a cable news super hunk, Fox News contributor. He is going to be here to discuss all things U.S. and A. But one of the things on the tippy top of my radar is we get on the air in this hour. It just kind of caught my eye on the Twitter this is fascinating. A New York Times reporter, Farnaz Fasihi, I want to make sure I'm pronouncing that right. It's Farnaz Fasihi. Uh, New York Times reporter tweeted an absurd statement yesterday, got ratioed. What ratioed means on Twitter is you tweet something like, hey, this is a really good idea. And then the second after you tweet it, You see, the comments are outnumbering the likes.
2: This could be a problem.
0: And there's a lot more people commenting and subtweeting, calling you an idiot, calling you a moron, uh, than there are people saying, right on, good job. And that's what happened to Farnaz Fasihi, who tweeted these exact words. I am a child of immigrants. When I was a kid, everyone I knew wished they could raise their children in America. Now everyone I know wishes they could raise their children outside of America. Have you ever had a checkup? That's pretty much what most that's what most of Twitter said. You must have got manure for your brains. You, <laughs> they quoted vacation. You must have got manure for your brains.
1: Are you stupid or
0: something? No, oh, they quoted Forrest Gump. Are you stupid or something? The point is the response was not kind. Why because the God's honest truth is, it is just so stupid that you even have to say this as a nationally syndicated talk show host. Okay, but you do because there are enough people on the other side of this debate that are just too dumb to know any better. If you live in America, you have hit the lottery. You have unique American privilege, not white privilege. You're not the 1%. You have American privilege. There is no... No matter what some idiot on the left tells you, there is no more tolerant or inclusive society in the world than America. Okay, not one. Okay, when they tell us, oh, it's oppressive. Yeah, try saying that to people who migrated here from other parts of the world where they deal with real oppression. That's why Biden's lost 26 points with Latino voters. He keeps telling us we're racist and they're oppressed and we need to eat the rich. They're not paying their fair share. People don't migrate to this country to demonize prosperity. They migrate to this country because they aspire to prosperity.
2: Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And
0: you, you're always right. And people who live in this country who fled real oppression, we're talking about food insecurity. We're talking about cartel violence. We're talking about corrupt governments that are essentially a narco state. They don't feel oppressed in this country. That's why Biden is losing the support that he's losing with people who risked their lives to come here. We're not going to sit here. And listen to you bad mouth, the United States of America. That's exactly what they're saying with a little bit more of an accent. But the point is, yes, that's what they're saying. They know America is the only show in town for them and their family. So when you hear some out of touch jackass like Farnass Fasihi say, oh, everybody wishes they could raise their kids somewhere else. Then how come nobody in this media elite bubble is offering to, oh, I don't know. Raise their kids somewhere else. I think he's got a point. Is there anybody stopping them from raising their kids somewhere else? The answer would be no. Of course not. Do you remember the old Jane's Addiction song, No One's Leaving? No one's leave, that whole thing. No one's leaving. Happens every election. Oh, if my guy doesn't win, I'm leaving the country. And then what happens? Their guy doesn't win. Their gal doesn't win. And nobody leaves the country. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Do you remember how many people were going to leave the country when she got done pandering her bid for the Oval Office, telling the black community she carried hot sauce in her purse?
1: Hot sauce. Really? Really?
6: Yes.
0: Do you remember that? Because this is what Democrats consider voter outreach. Oh, I consume what I think you consume. You're going to like me because I carry hot sauce. Oh, Latinos are going to vote for me because I say they're being, you know, oppressed in this country. No, that's not how it works. People come here for substance. And that's why Hillary was left howling at the moon on election night. Ow, 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 ow. But someone like Farnas Fasihi did get support from Washington Post columnist Karen Atia, who actually tweeted, this is real.
2: What an idiot.
0: This is real. Migrants that I know wish they could raise their country somewhere else. Well, here's a news flash. They can. But none of them are. And this is what's so stupid, but this is, I mean it. This is a discussion worth having really quickly. I know there are real problems of, like, you know, gas is unaffordable. Okay, I know that's a real issue. Inflation is crushing people right now. We have a shortage of baby formula in the United States of America. What the
2: hell is the world
0: coming to? I mean, really think about that. I know we've got this horrific school shooting we're all grappling with in the aftermath. But this approach, you know, they say like your attitude defines your experience in life. You have a good attitude, you tend to have a good time, regardless of circumstance, regardless of your economic well being. Okay, I've said this before on the show nobody I know had more fun, was happier. than the brokest version of me I've ever seen, which is the cab driving version of me where Jenny Fela is home. She's just given birth to Lincoln via a C-section, so she's not working because we had an 800-pound baby. Shut your mouth. No, but he was a, he was a monster. <laughs> he was a big kid. He was like, a, was like an 11-pound baby. He's a pretty big kid. And uh, he's, you know Lincoln's four now, but we were broke as hell. I talk about not having money in the bank. We didn't have a bank account at one point. It was a mess. But we were having a great time. I would drive like 12 hours a day and come home and regale Jenny with stories of all the lunatics I picked up in my cab. And, you know, we'd have a laugh. We'd make some food, you know. I don't know, maybe have a drink and just like joke about the world. We knew how to have fun. It's one of the best survival skills in this world. If you can raise a child that is a force multiplier of positive energy, that knows how to enjoy themselves. They can make it through any type of hardship in life, whether they're broke, they don't get the promotion they like, maybe they get broken up with, there's some type of setback in their social life. The point is if they know how to go where the fun is, okay, they'll keep on keeping on because in this country, that's the only real requirement. We live in a place where we're so lucky That 80% of success, maybe 90% of success, people would argue, is just showing up. There are that many jobs. We have more jobs than people right now. We have 2 million people, 2 million job openings right now in this country. We have more jobs than people willing to work them, okay? And these are good jobs. All you have to do in this country is be willing to get out of bed and go, and you'll figure it out. Folks, if I am a nationally syndicated talk show host, you could train an ape. To be a nationally syndicated talk show host. I spent my 20s playing video games and investing all of my money in blackjack tables and fast women. I had a great time. But the point is I was not cut from any type of intellectual cloth or conventional background that would say, oh, no, this guy. I'm telling you, one day he's going to have a few million people listening to him on the radio. He's going to be all over the biggest news channel in the world, this guy. And you'd be like, who? You, the, what are you talking about? The guy that woke up at 1.30 in the afternoon, played video games for an hour, and then took a nap? That's going to be the guy? Fat,
2: drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir.
0: Well, as it turns out, it is a way to go through life. Because if you live in America, and you're just willing to apply yourself, you got a chance. But people on the left, okay, you think about this, who are tweeting, oh, migrants wish they could raise their families someplace else. That is a fact check false. Tell that to the 4,000. Migrants who crossed our border over the Memorial Day weekend, just Memorial Day weekend alone, America's so bad that 4,000 migrants risked their lives to get into the country just this past Memorial Day weekend. 4,000 migrants that works out for one person for every beer I drank on my patio Sunday. Four thousand migrants. According to Customs and Border Patrol, over one million migrants have encountered Border Patrol agents so far in the first five months of 2022 alone. That's not counting the gotaways, which is a few hundred thousand. So do you understand? We're talking about millions of people that are risking their lives to get into this country because they want a piece of what you've locked into as an American citizen. Yet there are people on the left That are teaching folks a bad attitude, man. Your attitude defines your experience in life. If you look at the positive side of life, you will attract positive attitudes. If you look at everything from a negative vantage point, you will attract negative results. Positive attitudes attract positive outcomes. Negative negative attitudes attract negative results. I was mentioning this earlier about blackjack tables. Go to a casino. The table where they're yelling and screaming and high-fiving, they're making money. they got a good attitude. The table where everybody's cursing each other out and staring at their shoes and not talking to the dealer. They're broke. They're getting smoked. Believe me, I've been at both of those tables. Unfortunately, I've been at the second table a lot more than the first. But the truth is the people out there that are selling this idea that America is this big oppressive hellhole, they're just lying because they benefit from grievance politics. Oh, you're oppressed. Everybody's racist. It's the white Americans holding you down. Yo, white America elected a black president twice we've supported Barack Obama overwhelmingly and he didn't even have any idea what he was doing don't
4: be thick all right
0: but he didn't it was four it was two terms of Republican reign we had an unpopular Iraq war okay we were in the midst of a financial housing bubble exploding we had a financial collapse on our hands so we you know elected a guy for all intents and purposes that people just thought was a fresh start okay that's why we elected him we didn't have a record we didn't go oh this guy gets it there are white folks and then they're ignorant mother like you whatever the point is barack obama i might be making fun of him and these audio clips are making fun of me in return but barack obama for whatever you think of the guy ran on an empowering message his message was yes we can yes we can we can do it yes we can your attitude defines your experience yes we can to me is a pretty good slogan Okay, especially when you compare it to the no, we can't mentality of the modern Democratic Party. If Barack Obama ran for president on a slogan of yes, we can in 2022, they'd be like, hey, tell this half white guy to check his privilege. Yes, we can. Easy for you to say. Check your. Come on, man. Are you kidding me? People are struggling right now. Yeah, that's the whole point of America. People are always struggling. But as long as they're willing to keep fighting, they ultimately do get ahead. I am the proof of that, as are the millions and millions and millions of migrants who have risked it all to come to this country and build an incredible life for themselves. That was the whole point of the Barack Obama presidency, as that was the moment we were all supposed to acknowledge that anybody could be anything in this country. You know, when Barack Obama was born in this world in the late 50s in a mixed marriage, which wasn't very common at the time, at the absolute bottom of the socioeconomic scale, his odds of actually being president like one in a bazillion. Nobody put down money in Vegas that day on this guy being the president. But lo and behold, as we continued to progress as a society, as we had a civil rights movement that, oh, by the way— was something that benefited from the overwhelming support of white Americans who were willing to fight and protest and die to advance the mission of equality in this country, to get America to live up to its billing as a place that believed that all men are created equal. We believe that. We have achieved that. So much so that if you live in America, it's now more expedient to go into a job interview, to go into a college application process, And say that you are a member of a minority community. That'll increase your chances of getting the gig. You have a better chance of going in to a job application, a job situation, and saying you're a minority than you do saying you're a white kid. Okay? That's just reality right now because that's how society is working. And the truth is that doesn't happen in an intolerant racist society that's oppressive and is holding down migrants. You know, the old adage from the late – the late grave. The former Giants coach Bill Parcells, if he hung out with Lawrence Taylor enough, it would probably be the late Bill Parcells because LT partied hard. But Bill Parcells is thankfully still with us. But the old adage when he was the coach of the Giants is you are what your record says you are. Okay, if America is a racist, oppressive country, okay, we're doing a really bad job of showing it because our record says yes – We have fought a civil war to end slavery where half a million white people died to get us there. Sure, we were founded at a time of institutional slavery, but no nation has done more to move past that scourge. Okay, our record says that we are the most tolerant and inclusive society in America, in the world for that matter. And we have elected a black president not once but twice. I didn't say we're perfect. I just said we're the best thing out there. OK, we're not perfect, but we're never going to get there if we don't acknowledge just how much work was done to get us here, which is why all of these idiots on the woke left are like, yeah, the other you know countries, we wish we could raise our kids there. Then seriously, how come you're not going? Because deep down, you know that you're completely and totally full of <laughs> bottom line.
2: And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The show that's not afraid to hit the road.
6: The stars at night are big and bright.
2: This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
0: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Jimmy Fallon. Gearing up for a chit chat with my man Sean Duffy is going to be joining us in the next break. Right now, we've been talking about this phenomenal country we live in and how this idiot columnist at the New York Times. This is the exact tweet. It's so funny. I mean, it's, ugh, what a dumb thing to be teaching kids. But there's a whole generation of kids that are being taught that America, you know, is this oppressive hellhole that it's systemically racist, that this is a tough place to get ahead. It doesn't actually work. Why are we even here? That's what they're telling you. A lot of Democrats telling you, no, you don't understand America. It's, 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 It's biased against the color of your skin. Democrats just call everyone racist so they
6: go along with their stupid
0: ideas. And it's not working anymore. That's why the Democrats are hemorrhaging support with minority voters. But here was the columnist, New York Times reporter anyway, Farnas Fasihi, tweeted, I'm a child of immigrants. When I was a kid, everyone I knew wished they could raise their children in America. Now everyone I know wishes they could raise their children outside of America. If that, I mean, come on, man. That is a lie. It's a total lie. But if you really want to raise your kids outside of America, you should leave. But you won't leave because you are a clown. (laughs) That's the biggest problem we have in this country right now is we – it's not a crisis of capability. We're the greatest country in the world, Okay, We're the most prosperous country on the planet. We have the most powerful military fighting force the world has ever seen. But we have a lot of stupid people in charge right now, stupid people making stupid decisions. And the leader claims he was a member of the military at one point. <laughs> this is a clip I'm going to play you later. Uh, Karine Jean-Pierre, she says she didn't hear the speech where Biden said he was in the Navy. It's clip 35.
5: The president was born in 1942, graduated from the University of Delaware in 1965. In his address, he said he was appointed to the Naval Academy in 1965. Was he? Was it in 1965? So
1: I... Oh, I did not hear that part of the speech, uh, so I would have to. Okay, I did. I missed. I no, I hear you. I hear you. I have not. I I need to read it myself and just go back and, and see what you're talking about exactly. I I can't speak to it right now.
0: That was embarrassing. It really was. Oh, I didn't see the speech. He's nuts.
2: Reality. With a bit of insanity, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
0: Oh, yes, it sure is. We are fired up to talk to this next guest who's joining us over the phone because Fox decided he's just too good-looking to be in the same studio shot as me. They thought it would be a bad look for me. He is, of course, a former uh, congressional superstar and a Fox News multimedia matinee idol. Sean Duffy is here on the show. Yo, man.
4: Jimmy, how are you doing? Listen, I love that intro. Superstar, rock star, you know, I'll take it all, brother. I'll take it all.
0: Well, listen, it, you. Is, is it true that the Suits actually said we shouldn't be on the same set together because you're kind of Magic Mike and I'm kind of Tragic Mike? Be honest.
4: <laughs> no, I, you know, I didn't hear that, but it, it could be true. Such I, a, I'd have to verify that, and I wouldn't want to give false information on your program. So, <laughs> um,
0: you don't get caught by I, the misinformation board. They might still be out there.
4: They you, you, listen. They, they really are. They just—they just, they're just gone underground. They're gonna—they're gonna—they're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna fact-check me and say, "Listen, Duffy has to be off the air. He's a, a, a fake information guy. He was on fela We caught him."
0: And then that woman's gonna come by your house and sing a bunch of Mary Poppins songs. You don't need that.
4: I don't listen. I don't need that. She'll, listen, she'll scare my kids. She'll scare my kids <laughs> with her renditions of Mary Poppins. So I can't, ha- I can't have that. This is it's a really good point. This is about family protection, <laughs> keeping that woman away from my kids.
6: <laughs> That's
0: funny. We're talking to cable news super hunk Sean Duffy. So you have kids. Let's start here, <laughs> okay? Because I've been talking about this story of this, you know, New York Times reporter who says, you Wait,
4: know, can we stop for a second. I'm gonna stop you for a second because Every time I'm watching TV mm-hmm. and you come on, I actually have to take it off mute and turn it on and laugh with you on whatever show you're doing it and i love it and by the by the way like every week you get hunkier <laughs> as the weeks go on i mean it's, i pretty soon you're going to be like you know bill Hemmer. <laughs>
0: stop it sean duffy is is buttering me up at a time i'm supposed to be lowering my cholesterol i'm getting a lot of butter <laughs> a lot of butter out of sean duffy the dairy people out in wisconsin must have put you up to this unbelievable they love
4: it they, they love it when i butter you up because it's like that's right it's great american dairy land product butter
0: <laughs> Well, thank you for the compliment. I will send you the 20 bucks we agreed upon later. So thank you. No problem. Um, so I got this. It's, it's a high honor. And listen, I am having fun on TV. It's just, it's the thing about it is for me, man, and I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but my whole life is like a drinking story. I really was driving a taxi like five years ago and, you know, doing stand up and stuff like this. So the idea that I'm actually on all of these shows that millions of people are watching, it's so funny to me and my family that I don't feel like the professional burden of expectation where I'm like, gosh, I hope this goes good i just kind of show up because i know everybody watching is that i know personally is dying laughing just because i'm there you know what i mean so the fact that it winds up being funny is a bonus but believe me we've won before the opening battle a shot of the battle is fired in my house
4: well you know what i love is this is there's such you know heavy news cycles Mm -hmm. and and it really isn't there's so many people who are concerned, like you and me, the direction the country's going, and it's almost hard to to listen to the news, yeah. to watch the news, and that you can bring a little lightheartedness to it. It's a, it really is a skill and a talent that you can make people smile, but not lose the gravitas of the seriousness of of what you're talking about. Is um is is canny, and it's I think it's needed especially now, which is. Why I can't turn my TV on and not see you?
0: <laughs> well, so you're saying Fox was right to hire a guy they could pay in Meisterbrow beer?
4: Or totally, and butter, butter and Meisterbrow, and it's like Jimmy's in. You're sold.
0: I really got to get I'm a better agent, that. Sean lucky. Duffy. That's all I'm learning from this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I need a better agent.
4: Well, well all, all I know is when you when you go to dinner, you buy. That's the kind of money you're making.
0: Oh, Sean Duffy! But, I don't know if you heard about no what happens here in the radio division, but it is not the TV division. You might see me on <laughs> TV, but I am very much paid like a radio employee. But stick with me for a second, here. okay? Because you are raising 427 children in this country right now, as we all know. Um, if it, but the Duffy's, of course. You know, you have nine children. And, and you, we read this fascinating article earlier in the day. It's a tweet about a New York Times reporter who said back in the day, every migrant uh, wanted to raise their kids in America. But now every migrant family wishes they could raise them somewhere else. That is such an absurdity. That people wish they could live somewhere else, number one, because they'd be leaving if they felt that way. But number two, the numbers don't back it up. Everyone's trying to come here. So if people just lost their mind or did they get rich off bad-mouthing America so they're just willing to run this play, regardless of how ridiculous it sounds to rational people?
4: Well, a couple of thoughts, right? This is the left wing of the New York Times, which is also of the Democrat Party. Mm-hmm. When they wanted to raise their kids in America, and that's when we still had conservative leadership. We still had morals. We still had values. We didn't have CRT. We didn't have transgenderism um, in our schools, but in our military, in our corporations. It, it, it reminds me of Top Gun of 1986. <laughs> you know, not, not, you know, not the crap we get today. You know, you know, coming out from movies. And so, they're looking back to a time that conservatives did participate in making the country great. And they're talking about a time today that they actually destroyed. Their ideas have, have worked overtime to destroy what's been so great about this country. But with that said, this is the greatest country on earth. It is the greatest place to raise kids. Because you know what, Jimmy? I have the freedom to raise my kids in a way that's consistent with my values. Mm-hmm. If I don't like the school system and I can afford it or else I can get you know people to help me out, I can get my kids into a private school or a Catholic school or a charter school to get them into a place that teaches them the values and morals of great America and of faith and of values and of our history and of our patriotism. I have that freedom in this country, which makes this the greatest place on earth to raise children. And yes, we do have problems. Yes, I mean, too many, too many kids are getting shot. But it's also because, you know, in, in New York City, in Baltimore, in Chicago— You have woke DAs uh, and politicians who have defunded the police that have made it dangerous for our kids. And if you can, most of them want to move out of those cities, but not out of America.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. We're talking to Sean Duffy on the line. I always say that about the environment. It's like, if Biden really wanted to help the environment, he would make U-Hauls electric, because there's millions of them fleeing blue states. You know, if we had electric U-Hauls, we could put a dent in this thing. But you get it. I mean, you're in on the joke. They're not. And that's the thing that's so fascinating, is that people who live in a country, they want to root for the country. The Democrats are really asking people to root against the country. Hey, this place is bad. This place sucks. It's so bizarre to see a marketing department asking the fans to root against the home team like who is in charge of this thing duffy
4: yeah well you're right because they the they, they do hate the home team and their their readers hate the home team as well right so they're all on the same page of we're in the business of of hating America and that's a it's a sad it's state of affairs when we have to say that about um, you know, one of the largest, the largest paper in America. It's it's actually shameful. But um, you know what? We can save it, brother. We 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 can save it. And I always say this, Jimmy. And this is so important for all parents, all grandparents, all aunts and uncles. You can talk about presidential elections. We can talk about the New York Times. We can talk about the singing dits at the at the uh, at the uh, Informa- information board, disinformation board. Yeah. Disinformation board. But the most power I have to change America is to raise good kids. Mm-hmm. If every conservative focuses on their kids and making sure they don't send them to woke schools, woke institutions, we save the country. I, I have, you mentioned I have nine kids. Two of them I've sent off already. They're still conservatives, but I made mistakes where I sent them. The mm-hmm. third one, the third one's going to go to college this fall, and I was smart enough this time to say, you know what? If you want to pay for all your school, you can go anywhere you want. Pick your school but i'm i'm not going to participate in that mm-hmm. if you want me to help pay for school i'm going to pick the the 10 schools that you can choose from that's the deal wow. and that's what we did she's going to go to the university of dallas it's a catholic school in yeah. dallas mm-hmm. um great conservative school a uh, classical education and i'm not going to lose her i'm yeah. not going to lose her because the, of the, of the school i'm going to send her to and i think if we all think like that you know you know we're we're going to save the country, but I don't think enough of us think about what's happening in our homes, yep. as opposed to what's happening you know in our states and and, and nationally, and there's a lot going on there, but uh, save it by what happens in the family
0: no, no, I, I think you're making a really brilliant point. We're talking to cable news super hunk Sean Duffy, and the truth is I just <laughs> listen let's just let's just have this talk, okay. I agree that we have gotten so far away from the house and the role that the house you grow up in plays in shaping who you are because we're passing the buck of behavior onto society in every single instance like earlier you talked even about you know woke district attorneys not wanting to jail people for purposes of equity but that doesn't actually help them doesn't help the people of that particular race nor does it help the people of that neighborhood it really does start at home and having like a strong parental you know presence in the house and the one thing i keep coming back to about all of these horrific mass shootings, is people want to, you know, go in on gun legislation, but I I don't think we're being serious if we don't talk about the role uh, of the individual, of the fact that, you know, homes, parents are failing these individuals, because every one of them comes from a bad home. Whether there's no dad, or there is a dad and the guy's a disaster, the one common thread is it starts at home. You are, you know, you're formed in that household, and people need to be taking that responsibility at home a lot more serious. I think what happened in this day and age is most people got so used to using an iPad as a cheap form of babysitting Because, you know, you could just hand the kid a screen and now you've got them occupied for two hours. And the convenience of doing that. And we've gotten so wed to convenience as individuals that we don't actually put the time into our kids. But it's a point you made earlier is if you invest in your kid, you're investing in society. Because if you raise a good kid, he makes a positive difference in the world. So maybe you and me are the adults in the room. It's horrifying to think, but maybe we are.
4: horrifying. I'm going to give you a uh, one of those little stickers that you can scratch and sniff. That was brilliant. Whoa! I I completely agree with you because, um, again, That's it's not just parents in their phones, which is true, and we're all we're all pulled because our work is oftentimes on our phone. But when we give the phone or the iPad to the kid and they immerse themselves in this in this device that doesn't build real relationships.
0: Mm-hmm. True story. And now I just lost you. Know, your signal. You can have a real. Yeah,
4: that you can have a friendship with. So, Did that come back to you, Jimmy?
0: Yeah, no, I got that last part about yes, you, human contact, interaction. We've all met the kids human who don't contact. look up. You know, and the
4: kids are and the kids are and the kids are depressed now. The kids are detached. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't have families. They don't have fathers. They don't have faith, and that's part of the problem. And that's getting to the root of the problem, which mm-hmm. isn't guns. It's deranged little kids that society has helped make them deranged. Yep. And again, the easy answer is. Talk about guns. Well, we can pass all kinds of laws. You can pass a law in New York City or in Chicago or in Baltimore banning guns Mm -hmm. or even in Mexico. Ban guns completely. But cartels have guns. There's guns all over the streets of Chicago and of Baltimore and of New York. Banning of guns doesn't stop it. It's the cultural phenomenon that's happening with kids in America. And that's a really, really hard conversation. And a lot of the reasons these kids are detached come from progressive liberal policies or progressive liberal companies.
0: That's a great point. Look at Sean Duffy. The studio audience is going wild right now. I mean, crazy. applaud. people are crowd surfing. A mailman just hugged a dog. It's crazy. Like, you've, you've brought peace to the world, if only for a few minutes. Uh, listen. You know
4: what? If, if, I, if I could, I'm going to jump in and surf on that crowd. Jimmy, I'm going to do that. I'm going to land flat on your desk, but you know what? I would try it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a, it's a good crowd. They're passionate people. You might get away with it. Last question. You referenced yeah, sure. old Top Gun. Uh, will the Duffies go see new Top Gun?
4: You know what? I went on Monday night. Yes, you did. I went on Monday night, and you know what? Was it as good as the first Top Gun? I didn't think so, but mm-hmm. I love that it was a patriotic music uh, yeah. a, a movie. Mm-hmm. I loved that there was men who were men in the movie who took risk for the for the salvation of their country and the betterment of the world men do those kind of things and they have muscles and they sweat and they you know wear american flags and flight suits and helmets and i love that and i, I if, if hollywood would make more of those movies they would be just filled with cash <laughs> but they make all these woke stupid movies that they want to sell in china and americans <laughs> don't want to go i haven't been in the movie jimmy in in shit five years Wow. Years, and I bought popcorn and soda. I took all my kids. I, listen, it cost me like $200 <laughs> for the movie and the popcorn. But I'm like, you know what? This is the one. I don't go. I'm going to do it right now. I'm spending the money, and I'm going to give it to Top Gun to reward Hollywood for a darn good movie.
0: <laughs> so, so does that mean you're not taking the Duffy kids to see Disney's new movie, Snow White and the Seven Genders?
4: Oh hell yeah! You're you're exactly right. And by the way, I got to save up another five years to go to the movie again after that expense. (laughs) I'm going to do it again five years from now when the next good Hollywood movie comes out. But until then. And I'm going to be stuck, you know, making my own movies in the backyard with my kids because that's all I can afford.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, no, I know. Times are tough when <laughs> you and your wife are cable news stars with a best-selling holiday book. I, I feel for you. I'm actually going to – when you get off the phone, we're going to start a GoFundMe. So, so I'll let you run, <laughs> you, <sir>. Sean Duffy. <laughs> you you find thing. I'll see you soon, brother. There he goes, the great Sean Duffy. There we go back after this.
2: The show that leaves you without hope or change.
1: I'm telling you, man, this stuff will poison your mind.
2: This This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon.
0: an all-new intervention. We go inside the disturbing new addiction that's bringing
3: America to its knees. My name is Doug Fritz, and I am addicted to watching the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial.
7: I was changing channels, and I heard a tape recording of this drunk guy rambling, and I was like, hmm, this is kind of fun. Next thing you know, I hadn't showered in days, and I was drunk, too. It's like I became Johnny Depp.
3: Watching the Johnny Depp-Amber Heard trial was a high like nothing I'd ever felt before. It made me feel way better than my own marriage, not to mention my drinking, my spending, my hygiene, even my acting, because, man, was Amber terrible.
7: I started skipping work. I, I missed my son's t-ball game.
3: I watched on my phone during meetings. At
6: the gym, at the grocery store. And
3: then I hit rock. Bottom. my wife and i began fighting just like johnny and amber and i pooped in his bed ah.
0: intervention the watching the johnny depp amber Heard trial epidemic this is disgusting night at nine on AE. shut
7: up for the couch is next
0: It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, and that bit might be a little highbrow for this show, if we're being honest, a little classier than what you're used to. Uh, But the good news is if it was too much for you, it's about to go away. We are just moments away from getting a verdict in the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. We were told at 3 o'clock Eastern time we were going to get a verdict. So people are on standby right now. The truth is this you know court case lasted longer than the marriage. It was bananas. People did get a lot of great entertainment value out of it. I think one of the main reasons why is it really did make everybody feel better about the relationship they were in. You know, there was a time in my life where every night I'd get home from Fox and I'd just see Jenny in the living room with a glass of wine going over my life insurance policy, figuring out how she could get paid if I had a mysterious accidental death or something like that. But uh, since the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial started, I haven't seen Jenny looking it over once. I mean, the reality is she might have just, <laughs> just stashed it away and hired a hitman already. I don't know. Uh, but one way or the other, I would like to think uh, that Jenny and I are in a better place through nothing to do with myself. I, I think watching this trial made everybody realize, okay, you know, I had a long day. Wasn't the best, you know, commute. But at least my wife didn't on the bed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Maybe At the end of the day, it's all about the silver linings in life. I don't know. I don't know who's going to win this trial. I don't know how it's going to play out, but I do know that if you stick around, at least on the Fox News radio side, Guy Benson will have uh, up-to-the-minute coverage. He will have the breaking news as it comes your way, so give it a go. You can check me out on the Twitter. I'll be on with Harris Faulkner tomorrow. I will be on with Tucker Carlson tomorrow night. But either way, this day is over. Uh, be a Republican.
6: Be a Democrat. Just please, don't be a